episode 782. The Packers saw Eddie Lacy and Dayton Jones depart Green Bay on Tuesday, but welcome back to Von House. To round up all the free agency moves, we're joined by Mitch Nellis of the Big 920 in Milwaukee. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. <laughs> Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Caravu, and today we're discussing free agency. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the line. Baltar, find me another expert, one that likes me this time, okay? We have Mitch Nellis, host of the namesake Mitch Nellis Show on the Big 920 in Milwaukee. Mr. Nellis, how you doing today? I'm doing good. great, Brian. How are you? Very good. We're glad you could take some time out of your schedule to talk to us on the show. We got a lot to get to, Mitch, with Packers and free agency. Green Bay finally added some help on defense, signing cornerback Devon House. On one hand, he's big, he's tall, he's experienced, but on the other hand, he's not the fastest cornerback. What do you make of the signing, Mitch? Uh, you know, it's bringing a guy back that's one of Ted's guys. Uh, Ted's always more comfortable with who he knows versus who he doesn't know. Uh, Devon House is just a guy. Uh, he, he can play in the NFL, so I guess that makes him on his face more than just a guy because at least you can make the NFL. Uh, but to me, Devon House isn't a difference maker. He doesn't tilt the field. He will add depth to the defensive backfield. He will help uh, with Rollins and Randall and Gunther and, um, you know, whatever they end up – moving those guys into the slot or even testing them as kind of that hybrid safety cornerback position. Um, but he's not a difference maker. He's fine. The Packers at this point need bodies. Uh, I'm struggling to figure out how they're going to feel the 53-man roster if it's not half rookies. Um, so you need Devon House, but nobody really needs Devon House. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, and other free agency news. So we talked about the guy the Packers added, but talking about the guys who departed here, Eddie Lacy signed with the Seattle Seahawks after reportedly receiving a similar offer from the Packers. What do you make of that? I hope they didn't offer him a similar offer. I hope it was for at least substantially less. Uh, what, $5.5 million for one year in Seattle? I, I'm not an Eddie Lacy guy. I don't think he was a great fit. I, I do think... He's better when he has the ball in his hands a little bit more. And when you have Aaron Rodgers, there's no reason to put the ball in Eddie Lacy's hands. Uh, that being said, I worry about his weight. But even beyond his weight, I worry about his health. And I don't think that's necessarily weight-related. I just think that's health-related. Um, I don't like that he doesn't have breakaway speed. I don't, you know, he, he's, an, he's a fine blocker. He's not a great pass catcher, which is what the Packers do need out of the backfield. I'm, again... I'm absolutely fine letting Eddie Lacy go. Eddie Lacy was not part of what I envisioned uh, the, uh, how the Packers' offense is going to succeed in 2017, uh, and, and I didn't want Eddie Lacy back. Uh, but, again, I go back to the, all right, now how do you fill a 53-man roster? If you're letting more guys go than come in, you're, you're certainly planning on filling your roster with undrafted free agents and rookies, and I don't know how that factors into any type of win-now mentality uh, which Aaron Rodgers has been pretty outspoken about, and Ted Thompson doesn't seem to care. 
Lacey isn't the only one the Packers lost. Dayton Jones signed with the Minnesota Vikings on Tuesday. This is a former first-round pick that never really lived up to those expectations at Green Bay. Mitch, was he miscast in the Packers' defense, or was he just, like, overdrafted to begin with? He was probably overdrafted to begin with. I mean, I remember when he was drafted, we used to call him Dat One. You know, <laughs> that's how you spell his name if you uh, – if you make it into two words, and we were excited that he might be that one, uh, he was not that one. Uh, he was, a guy, again, he was a guy. He had some decent moments in Green Bay. I don't know if the Packers' defense used him correctly, but, again, it goes back to the whole Packers' philosophy, and we saw this with Nick Perry, and I know Perry had some decent success this year, but has struggled for years with the Packers, taking guys and then switching their positions or playing them uh, and not not necessarily putting them in the role to succeed. So, uh, Dayton Jones, not a huge contract with the Vikings, and we'll get to see him twice a year as the Packers take on the Vikings. I don't think, again, Dayton, I don't think Dayton Jones tilts the field, but at some point you have to have bodies who, who fit on the roster. Um, so I'm fine seeing Dayton Jones leave. He was probably overdrafted, and it does make you wonder about if Ted Thompson's philosophy is purely draft and develop, and there's very few free agents. Uh, you know, before this year, there had been five years since an actual unrestricted free agent signed with the Packers. Um, you know, at some point, you don't just got to draft the guys. You do have to develop them as well. And it sure would have been nice to see them develop Dayton Jones. It just didn't work out in Green Bay. And continues the trend of former Packers ending up in Minnesota. I'm not sure why that happens more than <laughs> the usual but anyway right it, it sure seems like it does doesn't it <laughs> it does I don't know what's up with that uh Mitch the the Packers re-signed linebacker J. Roan Elliott where do you think he fits into the team's plans at outside linebacker two years ago we saw J. Roan Elliott really take uh the team by storm in preseason and even in the regular season to an extent he seemed like a high motor guy a high energy guy and I know he had some injuries this past year, but he just didn't seem to have that same motor. Um, hopefully bringing him back, hopefully uh, with, with Peppers gone, with Clay Matthews potentially playing some outside, but also back to, to some middle linebacker. Um, with, with Dayton Jones gone, with, with some of the other players uh, missing in action, hopefully this is the opportunity J. Ron Elliott needed. And this is uh, the chance that we will see for J. Ron Elliott to, to step up and use that high energy, that high motor. I don't know how good he is. I think he's decent. Um, but if he can outwork everybody else, if he if he can make a difference, that that will help the that will help the team. Um, you know, he's he's a fine player. He's 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 a guy. Um, you know, but you look at you look at. Devon House coming and J. Ron Elliott coming back. You look at Eddie Lacy leaving and Dayton Jones leaving. And I know there's more, you know, and we'll talk about the tight end situation as well. But I just don't know what they're doing to make themselves better. You know, you, you look at the roster, you look at who was on the team last year, you look at who they're bringing in, and I just, I'm not sure and I'm not convinced that the Packers, that there's any reason to think that they're going to be better in 17 than they were in 16. I, I just don't see... And they need to be better. And I'm just I'm worried about it, Brian. I just am. Uh, I think the offense is going to be better with Martellus Bennett and and Lance Kendricks out there. Uh, but 
understandably concerned about the defense and that's probably going to come from the draft I guess it's going to have to uh because free agency is drying up pretty quickly uh but but Mitch uh details of the contract signed by Lance Kendricks emerged on Tuesday he signed a two-year deal worth four million including a 1.2 million signing bonus do you think he was worth it at that price absolutely I mean to me that's peanuts uh with where the salary cap is with where the salary cap is going um I know you're giving more money to Martellus Bennett. I know Richard Rodgers is still there. I really like Lance Kendricks. You know, I, I'm, you know, full, uh, full uh, disclosure. I went to Wisconsin, and, and so I, I, I've liked Lance Kendricks since he was a Badger. I like that he's a Milwaukee kid. I like that he's coming home. Um, but I think he's a decent player. You know, I think he's fast. I think he's got good hands. I'm not sure how great of a blocker he is, but, um, but I, I just. I think it's a nut, you know, you mentioned it that you think the tight end position is better. And I agree. And I think Bennett is a little bit better than Cook. And I think Kendricks makes that position much deeper, much stronger. You know, you think about two and even three tight end sets out there uh, with three guys who can catch the ball. Three, you know, Rodgers can't really get open down the middle, but Kendricks and Bennett certainly have the speed to get open in the seam down the middle. Uh, that should make the offense better. That should give Aaron Rodgers more options not just looking at the sidelines at the wide receivers, but the tight ends down the middle. So I think, you know, for two years, for $4 million, a $1.2 million signing bonus, I mean, that's peanuts in today's day and age in the NFL. So I'm, I'm all for it for Kendricks. Uh, you kind of answered this question already, but looking at free agency as a whole, do, do you approve of the job Ted Thompson, the Packers, have done, or do, do we give them a failing grade, or where are you at here? Um, I know people have given Ted Thompson a a high grade for Julius Peppers, of which I do not. I think Julius Peppers was okay in Green Bay. Um, he was okay in Chicago before he came to Green Bay. He was, you know, you'd see big plays, but then you'd see him disappear, and I think he did the same in Green Bay. Ted Thompson hasn't gotten a passing grade for me in free agency since Charles Woodson, and that was almost a mistake. You know, Ted Thompson's two greatest moves as the GM of the Green Bay Packers were both handed to him on a silver platter. Charles Woodson was signed... Uh, you know, a month after free agency ended when no one else wanted him and everybody said he had to be a safety and the Packers at least made him a cornerback for a couple of years before they transitioned him really to that safety position. And the other move is Aaron Rodgers and that he drafted Aaron Rodgers. And he's got to get credit for drafting Aaron Rodgers. But again, he didn't take Rodgers second overall. He didn't, he didn't trade up to get Rodgers. Rodgers fell into his lap. So his two greatest moves are moves that fell into his lap. Beyond that, his free agency ratings in F every year. I mean, it's an F. It's not a D. It's not a C. It's not a B. He he doesn't believe in using free agency. He doesn't believe in going outside his organization to build his organization. Uh, and it's just a, a a a framework of you have Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to be good enough to make the playoffs every year. Uh, but we're going to continue to try to draft and develop and try to hit, you know, catch lightning in a bottle and have moves fall into our laps as opposed to actually going out, being active, and doing something. Now, Martellus Bennett may have changed that a little bit, but again, he's replacing Jared Cook. You're not adding anything to the Green Bay Packers when you add Martellus Bennett. I do believe Bennett's better than Cook. I don't know how much better he is than Cook, but he's better. But again, you're replacing a number one tight end with a number one tight end. You're not adding a number one player at a position to an already strong position. So, 
Don't you think some years that it's it's in the Packers' best interest to not like overspend in free agency though, and and basically stand pat? Um, I don't know if they won the Super Bowl. Well, they did in twenty ten. They did in twenty ten. Absolutely. If they've been to the NFC Championship game three out of the past seven years, I I mean, right? And that's that's not my goal. I mean, if you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, okay, but I mean, goal, how, we, we got to be realistic here. Uh, I mean, the the the, uh, you know, the, they can't do better than the Super Bowl. You, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of teams haven't been to the NFC Championship game once. I, I mean, right, but we're not starting from the same point as those other teams. You know, people bring that up. Oh, well, you could be the Browns or you could be the Lions, but we're not the Browns or the Lions. Those, we, you know, we don't have the same quarterback situation. We don't have the same foundation base, so we're not jumping off at the same point. We're jumping off at the same point as the Patriots, as the Steelers, as the Seahawks. So, so only the Patriots get, do well, and like everybody else gets a failing grade. Is that how it is? Um, no. It, again, <laughs> it goes back to expectations. Had the Browns gone seven and nine last year. That would have been an, a, a, maybe not an A season, but that would have been a B season for them because that would have so exceeded expectations. The expectation for the Packers is to compete for a Super Bowl. And I don't, I don't, you know, and I know they got to the NFC Championship game and I know they got waxed by Atlanta, and you can't get any closer to the Super Bowl if you don't play in the Super Bowl than the championship game. But I just don't see the, how they're getting better. I don't see how they're improving. I think last year, you know, it's about, and we know this every year, and this isn't just for the Packers, it's about getting hot at the right time. In 2007 and 2011, the Giants weren't the best team in the NFC in either of those two years, but they got hot at the right time. And last year, for the first time since 2010, the Packers got hot at the right time. I just don't believe through the use of free agency that Ted Thompson is putting them in position to get hot at the right time. I just feel by your grading scale, the Patriots are getting an A and every other team in the NFL is getting a C or worse. Um, I don't think that's, I mean, certainly the Patriots are getting an A, but I think that when teams overachieve based on their talent level and their preseason expectations, and not expectations set by me and not expectations set by the, the fans, expectations set by the organization. The expectation for the Green Bay Packers last year was to get to the Super Bowl. They didn't get to the Super Bowl. I don't give them an F for last year. I'd probably give them a C, maybe a C-minus for last year. And I know there are other organizations that are A's for getting You know, the Atlanta Falcons last year, I think the Falcons get an A. And they lost the Super Bowl, but they way overachieved for where they were supposed to be. I would even give the Dallas Cowboys an A last year, even though they lost to the Packers, because going into the season with Dak Prescott as your quarterback, you had no way to expect to do that well during the regular season. But I just think as Packers fans, as Packers media, as the Packers organization itself, it's okay to get to the Super Bowl. But it's it's not a, you don't have to plan for 2019 and 2017. It's okay to make a run for it in 2017. All right. Um, do do you think the Packers, Mitch, are saving cap space to restructure Aaron Rodgers' contract? And when do you think that'll happen? Uh, I do think that'll happen in the next year or two. I hope that that's not something that's front and center on their minds. You know, we all know that Aaron had that, that little discussion with Wilde and Tauscher and talked about Glennon getting the deal and said, you know, basically admitted that you have to look at all the contracts like that were signed by quarterbacks before that and, and readjust, but also readjust because the salary cap has gone up. 
And, you know, if quarterbacks get X percent of a salary cap, well, now that percent goes down because the cap's gone up and his contract isn't necessarily going up. So I do think a restructuring needs to happen. But I also think you need to look in terms of the whole team and whether Ted Thompson's still the GM or whether it's Elliot Wolf or whether it's somebody else in the next couple of years, they need to go to Aaron Rodgers. And, uh, you know, I don't know how the, uh, you know, Russ, this is a Russ Ball question, not a Mitch Nellis question. How do you restructure it so that it's still team friendly, so that it's still cap friendly, so that you can go out if you need to sign a Martellus Bennett or moving into the future, you need to sign a couple defensive pieces, whatever it might be, so that Aaron Rodgers still feels valued. He still feels like he's getting his, but that you're building the best possible team uh, to make Super Bowl runs because Aaron can talk about playing into his 40s, and he can start following the Tom Brady diet and cut out dairy and cut out uh, you know uh, all the sort of stuff that he's cutting out. But there's no you know there's no guarantee he plays four more years or six more years. The Packers do need to to take advantage of Aaron Rodgers and make a run. I think you do have to take care of him. You do have to pay him. But I don't think it has to be priority number one. Okay. With free agency slowing down, what do you see as the Packers' biggest need now heading into the draft? Um, I, you know, to me, it's the same need when free agency started. And to me, it's the same need when the season ended. Uh, they need to put pressure on the opposing team's quarterback. Uh, I don't know if that's D-line. I don't know if that's linebacker. You know, in, in their current scheme, more often than not, that's outside linebackers. Uh, that's who we've seen uh, the most success from. Uh, I know many fans and I know many media members believe it's defensive secondary uh, because of how Rollins and Randall really didn't take the next step this year. I just think your secondary gets exponentially better when you put pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I, I think that it, you know it makes Rollins and Randall and House and Gunther much better players in the secondary when the quarterback's got a hand in his face down in and down out. And that's not how Clay Matthews plays. That's not how Nick Perry plays. That's not how Julius Peppers played. They would have big plays. But down in and down out, they weren't getting pressure on the quarterback. You know, they had a few big plays each game, but it wasn't consistent pressure. I think going into the draft, I think going into the rest of free agency, uh, that the Packers need to focus on getting guys and maybe taking some chances on some draft picks guys with high motors or guys who've done it at smaller colleges, um, but do it consistently. Getting pressure on the quarterback is my number one priority for the Packers. I can buy that. Mitch, uh, how how do people listen to the Mitch Nellis show if they go online? Can you explain that to them? Sure, yep. Um, So the easiest way is just through the iHeartRadio app. Um, You go to the iHeartRadio app and you find the Big 920. Um, It's a free app. You put it on your phone, you put it on your tablet. Uh, you just go to the Big 920. Uh, and actually, um, it's not exactly breaking news, but it, it just recently happened. Um, so we are at, the Mitch Noah show is actually on hiatus right now. We actually just unveiled the Drew Olson show. Okay. Uh, Drew Olson and I, of course, worked across the street together. Um, <laughs> so I'm still making guest appearances on our local shows. I still have my blog. I still have a podcast. Uh, I'm just not doing the day in and day out show uh, as often. Um, we did bring Drew Olson across, and, and we believe he has great fellowship. We're really excited uh, for him to get his show up and rolling. Uh, so it's the same time slot, one to three. Um, and, and it's also, you know, it's just the iHeartRadio app. Uh, or you go to thebig920.com to listen to the audio. Uh, my blog is at thebig920.com slash thunder. Uh, so my blog will be up there, and there'll be podcasts, and there'll be videos and Facebook Lives and all that fun stuff. 
Uh, I'm still a part of the team. I just don't have the daily show because uh, I'm focusing more on the business end of things. Gotcha. Sounds good, Mitch. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Appreciate it. Uh, sounds interesting. We had, we just had Drew on the show, well, a few months ago now, but uh, okay, glad to yeah. have all your perspectives on. So thanks so much. Absolutely. All right, hey, Brian, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Uh, it's a, you know, like you said, it's the longest running podcast. It's also the best podcast. Uh, it's a great listen uh, for insight for all Packers fans. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Mitch Nellis of the Big 920 in Milwaukee joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's forthcoming craft beer bar, of which I am the prospective owner. We've started a GoFundMe campaign to raise startup capital for the project and hope you'll consider contributing. Here's a clip we created for the campaign. Please take a listen. Hey everyone, this is Brian Caravu, and hopefully sometime soon you'll know me as the owner of Beer Rock, a craft beer bar in Madison, Wisconsin. You might be asking, what the heck is a Beer Rock? Well, it's the family recipe of my wife Amanda, and it's going to be the signature item on our menu. In its simplest terms, a Beer Rock is similar to a pasty, except better. It's a savory pastry filled with beef, sauerkraut, onion, cheese, and seasoning. At least that's the traditional version. We also plan on having other various interpretations. How does a Korean birok with pork and kimchi sound? To make this a reality, however, we need your help. We're looking to get a small business loan to do all sorts of things like lease a property and buy all the equipment we need. That's why we set up a GoFundMe campaign. Your donation will go towards the equity needed to secure that loan. Once that's done, the dominoes will start falling. Best of all, we've created several reward levels to thank you for your generosity. They range from branded t-shirts to free food and drink on premise. So please take the time to explore and thank you for your consideration. We hope you become one of the founding members of B-Rock and Bottoms Up. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment. Got some contract details here if you haven't heard them already. So the guys the Packers lost. Eddie Lacy signed with the Seahawks for a one-year $5.55 million deal worth $3 million in guaranteed money. Uh, and then Dayton Jones signed a one-year contract worth $3.75 million with incentives that could push it to in upwards of $5 million. Both of those figures uh, taken from ESPN, uh, which reported them. Um, so uh, just just a few thoughts on, on these players here. Both of these deals uh, among the Packers, the players the Packers lost, were a little rich for my blood. Uh, I certainly did, had nothing with either of these players coming back to great. I, I would have been fine with either Lacey or Dayton Jones coming back to Green Bay. But I thought the contracts they signed were a little bit high, especially Eddie Lacy's. I didn't think the Packers needed to pay over three million. I, I thought you know it would have been maybe closer to two million, maybe a little more, getting closer to three. But five point five five million uh, that I didn't think Eddie Lacy deserved that, or you know I can understand why he accepted that with the Seattle Seahawks. 
and uh, uh, and why the Packers didn't offer that much money to him. Uh, although, reportedly, I, I think it came from Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel who said the Packers offered a similar deal to Eddie Lacy, but he wanted to go where it was a more perhaps run-heavy offense. Um, I found that interesting. I mean, that's that's just a report. Uh, it didn't cite any sources by name. Um, it didn't say exactly what the Packers offered, other than it was just similar. But um, Bob McGinn of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that Lacey weighed 267 at one of his visits this past week. He didn't specify which one. Lacey visited both the Seahawks and the Vikings before signing with the the Seahawks uh, this week. Um, I, you know, like I said, I've I always thought that Eddie Lacey weight issue has been blown out of proportion. I, I continue to say this. Could he stand to lose a little weight? Yes, uh, certainly. And I, I do kind of get the, the fact that it's it doesn't seem to be sinking in. In fact, in you know, when everything blew up before it, you know, this past season, before the 2016 season, it, you you would have thought that at that point, when when the coach criticized him, when everybody and it went viral and it, it was all over the media, at that point you would have thought you know maybe it would sink in and he would lose some weight and and barely lost any maybe, uh, or you know it was kind of a thing where people thought well maybe he looks a little better at the start of the off season program and OTAs, but then it just kind of looked normal again. Uh, during during training camp during during the season, you know, to an extent, like I said, I mean, in, in Eddie Lacy's first and second years in the league, he was big then, and nobody was really complaining about his weight. It wasn't until Mike McCarthy said something that everybody else jumped on board and then uh, jumped up again against Lacy because I, I really don't think his production. You know, these past two seasons, he's had health issues. And I think it is to a point where, I mean, his production was slightly less than his first two years in the NFL when he was healthy, but not like significantly less. So the the weight issue was, could he stand to lose some pounds? Yeah, and I don't get like why it hasn't happened. Like, you know, 250 to me seems fine for Eddie Lacy. I mean, I think that was what he was at probably is his rookie year in the NFL. So it is what it is now. He's no longer a Green Bay Packer, and it, it's now the Seattle Seahawks problem. Uh, the, the the thing to me is the bigger is, like, why is he not committed to this? Like, why can't he get close to 250 and stay there? Um, it, it's fine being big. Uh, I mean, that's that's his thing. <laughs> he's got he's dragging defenders, you know, with him when he puts his shoulder down and, and get some extra yards. He's always going to be big, just shouldn't be quite that big. Anyway, uh, Dayton Jones, same thing. Uh, I, I thought, you know, he probably deserved more than the NFL minimum, but how much more? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I, I thought $3.7 million was more than I would have paid, especially when you consider the incentives that can, you know, make it even more. Um Dayton Jones gets to play in the 4-3 defense of the Minnesota Vikings, which may be more to his liking, maybe better suited to him. Maybe he was miscast as a, you know, I don't know. He was kind of a hybrid type of player 
in Green Bay in which he played both, you know, kind of outside linebacker and would kick inside, kind of like Julius Peppers did as well. Um, and that's fine, but I mean, maybe he's would be better in a defense that has the four uh, down, you know, front four man defensive front most of the time, like the the Minnesota Vikings do, and maybe he's better suited to that as opposed to playing linebacker one play and kicking inside another. Um, it, it, you know, Dayton Jones, he led the team in the stat of quarterback hurries this past season, a stat tracked by, which n- not tracked by the NFL as an official statistic, but tracked by organizations like Pro Football Focus and things like that. And, and you know, that's that's good in that, you know, he was – he he led the team in hurries. Uh, he, but it, you know he only had one sack, one a single solitary sack in 15 games this past season, including four starts. Uh, I mean the the four starts is almost irrelevant. The the you know the the main statistic was that he played in 15 games, and, and you know what I I mean over four years with the Green Bay Packers. Dayton Jones averaged a little over two sacks a year. I, I mean, that's just not cutting it. I, you know, he, it was fine as a defensive rotational player, uh, but it turns out in hindsight that, um, uh, you know, Dayton Jones probably was not worth the first-round pick. He shouldn't have been it. Uh, he, he, he just wasn't up to that level. Uh, I remember uh, when the Packers were, on the clock, I said they should have drafted safety Jonathan Cyprian instead of Dayton Jones, although I probably did have Jones as like maybe the next best player on the list. Uh, so even I had overrated him, thinking he was probably first-round quality at least, even if it wasn't to the Green Bay Packers, that he would have gone shortly thereafter anyway. Um, but, you know, it it is what it is now. I mean, the uh, th- there's no going back and changing it. Um, so I-, I don't think it's a big loss. I don't think either of these are big losses for the Green Bay Packers. But to talk about the player they gained here uh, in the past few days, Devon House signed a one-year $3.5 million deal, or at least in that ballpark, according to Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, who reported that. Uh, I like the Devon House signing. Uh, I don't think he's going to be this huge difference maker. Uh, but what I like about him is he's he's bigger than the the cornerbacks that are on the roster, like Rollins and Randall. Um, uh, Gunter's big, uh, but but I think they need another one of that size because, like I've said before, I think the Packers are finding out here Rollins and Randall might be better suited to the slot than they are on the perimeter. Uh, especially Quentin Rollins. I, I, I'm jury's still out on Demarius Randall. I, I think he can be the kind of guy who can do both. Um, but but they need obviously I think veteran help out there, and uh, Devon House can be a guy who can start on the perimeter uh, for the Green Bay Packers if those guys are kicking inside. Um, I, I hope I hope, and I've said this you know, back when it was just a a mere rumor about whether the Packers would sign Devon House or not, you know, I I thought he played pretty well in 2015 in Jacksonville, in which he set 
career highs in almost every statistical category, and, and he, he certainly fell off quite precipitously uh, in 2016. But uh, I do think that player is still in Devon House in 2015. I don't think he's lost everything yet. So hopefully he can get back more closer to that level. And and obviously the Packers are going to draft a cornerback at some point in the NFL draft. At what point, we're not exactly sure what round. Uh, obviously people think they need to do it earlier rather than later. Uh, but, I, I mean, let's say they get the pass rusher in round one and, and they get the cornerback in round two or three. Maybe that rookie isn't ready to play right away and Devon House can be the stopgap. I mean, it's only a one-year contract. They're not... They're not signing Devon House to be part of the organization for the long term. I mean, could he sign another one-year contract next year? Yeah, that could certainly happen. But I mean, I mean, what what is the the longest Devon House is going to stay in, in Green Bay now? Two, maybe three years tops. I mean, he's not the long-term answer here. He he's the stopgap to help him now, and I think he can help. He's not going to be a Pro Bowler. He's not going to be an All Pro, but he can help this Packers team here. Uh, the Packers have now lost six unrestricted free agents. And among the half glass, half empty crowd, they'll say that's a lot of holes for the team to fill. But we do have to remember the Packers almost certainly are going to get the full complement of four compensatory draft picks next year, which is what the NFL caps your the limit off at. Uh, they, they've lost six and signed only one unrestricted free agent. So you, you would think by that formula, oh, they could get five. You know, six minus one is five, but they cap it at four. But they're going to get the four full, and, and you very few teams get, you know, up to four draft picks, and the Packers almost certainly going to get that many next year. Um, I, I said from the beginning, back when we made our free agency predictions on the show, this was the hardest year ever to predict that I've been doing this. Um the one move I'm surprised the Packers didn't make was keeping TJ Lang. That's that's not to say I don't think he's replaceable. I don't think it'll be easy by any means, but I don't think the sky is falling either. Uh, but really, uh, the, the, that was the one that took me surpri- by surprise. Uh, I thought maybe they would have offered. They maybe wouldn't have offered as much as the Lions. But but maybe if they offered more than the reported deal that the Packers you know gave Lang, that maybe a, a few mil, for a few million dollars less, he he would have came back to the Packers. I would have liked to have seen that, um, the, the, but I'm not going to you know fault Ted Thompson for not making. I I understand basically all the other moves the Packers have made in which who they brought back, like prioritizing Nick Perry, certainly made sense. Uh, and, and all the guys they've lost, it, 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 I don't think these are huge losses for the Green Bay Packers, and especially at the price, you know, guys paid for these guys, like losing Micah Hyde, losing Julius Peppers, losing Eddie Lacy. Uh, you know, it's they're not huge losses. They, they can, in, in some cases, I think, be replacement-level players. Um you know, especially for like a Julius Peppers at the end of his career, you know, there, there's no guarantee he's going to be a, a good player with with Carolina anymore. Um, so I understand all that. I, I thought the Packers would have made a bigger effort to sign Lang. 
Uh, but that was really the only one in which I really caught me by surprise. Thought they would have ponied up a little bit more money there. Uh, as it is, you know, they've got their work cut out for them at, at right guard and on the offensive line in general and the hole that he creates. I think it can be uh, filled, and, and they'll probably at some point draft an interior offensive lineman. Again, they, they've got, you know, a lot of positions they need to fill with depth at the very least in the NFL draft in, in terms of pass rusher, cornerback, offensive lineman, running back. They can't they can't all be first round draft picks. You know, some of these guys are going to come in on day 3 of the NFL draft. Uh some of those positions. Um so, uh it is what it is. Um it, the the Packers got their work cut out for them and and that's what we kind of transition to right now. The day ahead Wednesday is the annual Pro Day being held at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, one of several similar events being held across the country. Other ones are being held today in western Michigan, Arkansas, Georgia, Virginia Tech, Buffalo, UNC Charlotte, New Hampshire, Sacramento State, California Davis, Mercer, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and Tarleton State. Those are all the Pro Days being held today. But the difference about Wisconsin, however, is that because it's in-state, the Packers historically send a significant contingent. General Manager Ted Thompson is typically in attendance, although there have been years he has not. Uh, I've personally been to this event several times in the past, uh, and I've also seen Elliot Wolf there and multiple scouts over the years. You know, the Packers don't publish who they're going to send, where, to what pro days. So we'll just have to wait and see until the reports come out to see, was Ted Thompson there? One year Mike McCarthy actually went. Um, But with with the University of Wisconsin having several draftable players, including two potential first-rounders, you can bet the Packers will send some notable talent evaluators to this event. Uh, Those potential first-rounders are T.J. Watt and Ryan Ramchick. Uh, but that's not it. Uh, the other prospects on display Wednesday include linebacker Vince Beagle, running backs Corey Clement and Dari Ogunbowale, cornerback Sojourn Shelton, quarterback Bart Houston, wide receiver Robert Wheelwright, and safety Leo Musso. So there will be a lot of players to watch uh, on Wednesday at the UW Pro Day for the Green Bay Packers. So unless the Packers make another unexpected signing, Free agency is now going to slow to a crawl, uh, and among the few in-house free agents left are are long snapper Brett Goode and linebacker Jordan Tripp, which will be mere footnotes among the higher-profile signings. Um, So attention will start turning more towards pro days in the NFL draft and less towards free agency, and you'll see that reflected in the show. As we bring on guests who will talk more about the NFL draft and things like that, because after today, there's not going to be a ton in free agency to talk about. Maybe we're caught by surprise and the Packers make that surprise signing, uh, but you know they're probably not making several of them. You know there might be one day where we talk about a big signing, and other than that, it's just going to be footnotes like bringing back Brett Good or something like that. So. But that's what you can have look forward to today in the world of the Green Bay Packers. And that'll do it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us on the show. Thank you to Mitch Nellis of the Big 920 in Milwaukee for being our guest today. 
Thank you to everybody for joining us here. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. Railbird Central airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. That's the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. Um, I leave you today with a song called Rosie by the String Cheese Incident on Psy Fidelity Records. See everyone. Go Pack Go. Go.